Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. So the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good, spacious land, a land that flows with milk and honey. This is now, after 400 years of the children of God kept in slavery in Egypt. Finally, God, after 400 years, says, Indeed, I've seen the misery my people are in in Egypt. The oppression and the suffering they are facing in Egypt. So indeed, as God, I've heard them crying out to me as God because of their slave drivers. And I'm concerned as God. So that's why I've come down to bring them up and out of this land of slavery. And I'm on, not only taking them out of the land of slavery, but I am taking them to a good land, a land that flows with milk and honey. Why did I do so as God? It's because I heard them crying. So indeed, these guys are taken out of Egypt. As they are taken out of Egypt, you'll imagine the celebration they had. You'll imagine themselves jumping to say, now, finally, we are free. Because God decided to free them in chapter 14 of Exodus. And before we can go further, I would like somebody to read chapter 14 from verse 1 to 15. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 14 from verse 1 to 15. I would love to have a reader to make sure that no one is sleeping at church. You can come up and have a mic and read. This is the mic. Yeah, put him on. This is the Bible. Okay, uh, Before you read the Bible, this is a jacket. <laughs> okay. <coughs> chapter 14, Exodus of chapter 14, verse 1 to 15. Okay, uh, I'll read. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Hareth between Migdol and the sea. They, they are to encamp by the sea 
direct opposite Baal's phone. Pharaoh would think Pharaoh would think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert, by the desert, and our heart in Pharaoh's heart, and you pursue them, but our gain but I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army. And then and and the Egypt will know that I am the Lord, so the Israelites did this. When the king of Israel when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and the officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have, have lost their service. So, so he had his uh, chariot made ready and took his arm with him. He took, he, he took 600 of the best chariots um, along with all the other chariots of the Egypt. With, offi- with offices over all of them. Then the, Lord de- then the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egypt's of the Egypt's or the, the Egypt's all Pharaoh's horses and the chariots, horsemen and the troops pursued the Israelites, overtook them as they came by the sea near Piaren, opposite Bozifon. As Pharaoh approached the Israelites, looked up, there were the Egypts marching after them. They, they were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of the Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us save the Egypts? It would, it would have been... It would have been better for us to save the Egypt than than die in desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Send film and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The The Egypt you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord says to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Wow. Thank you so much. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your word that is so ever true. Thank you so much for the words of wisdom that were just read right now, Heavenly God. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you please give us the eyes of our hearts so that we can see the deeper meaning of scriptures, Heavenly God. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you also be people that are respective of your word, Heavenly God. We pray, Heavenly Father, that as the word is preached, it must change our lives, it must transform us, it must give us life, it must give us hope, Heavenly God. We pray, Heavenly God, that from the lesson of the Israelites, we'll learn something that will move us forward as your children of God, Heavenly Father. We pray all this in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This is a very interesting scripture. The Bible talks about when Pharaoh led the people of God to go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine countries. Though that was a shorter route. 
Because it would have taken them 11 days to reach the Canaan's land. But God decided to take them through the desert road. And that desert road, it led them to the Red Sea. And then the Bible talks about sometime later, Pharaoh decided to change his mind. When he woke up a certain day, he saw that, wow, we don't have a lot of people here. What has happened to me that I released these guys to go? So he changed his mind to say, let's chase them. But as these guys were dancing, as these guys were celebrating, as these guys were just jumping, you will imagine them that on the road they would even put brine stands to say, let's celebrate. We'll, we, we are no longer slaves to Egypt. Like typically Africans, it may be in those days, and then they would put up a sound system out. You know when Africans are paid or they have money, they will take out the sound system and then they will play for the whole community. <laughs> so it was just an exciting moment for these guys. But little, they knew that their happiness was just going to end. But there is something that is interesting here that why would God take them through the main road, the desert road? And this one, it took them years instead of 11 days for them to reach the promised land. And you will see here that three times God mentioned a word that I am doing this for whose glory? For my glory. And that's the title of my message today is that everything that happens in our lives, it happens for the glory of God. God decided to say, I will take them through this road, a difficult one, those who have gone to Egypt, they will know that there is actually desert roads there. It's not easy to walk in the desert. There are challenging times in the desert. You must be fit to be able to walk that road. And then the Bible says that in all what I do as God is that, I also want the enemy, which is Pharaoh, to be confused. I believe sometimes that God put us in such roads in our lives. Instead of God taking you to take a shortcut, He puts you to a long stretch road. Up until where is His or her God? That this thing is happening to him. Where is his God that he's struggling to get a job? Where is his God that he's struggling to get children? Where is his God or her God 
that his health is not improving? Where is his God that he is in deep in debt? God put us in such roots that people, they even ask, where is your God that you are still singing even right now? Where is your God that you are struggling in your marriage like this? People get to say all these things because they are confused about the plan of God and they are darkened about his plans. And now the story goes on to say, now these guys decided to walk the road. The people of God continue this exciting journey. Just picture them telling each other about the stories of Egypt. Now that they are out of Egypt, they are telling each other how they suffered. And then we could call their stage a honeymoon stage because they just got out of slavery. These guys are loving Moses. These guys are loving Aaron. Aaron and Moses became heroes of the day. They are loving God. They are singing the awesome God. They are having confidence in God that there is no one like him. During the day, the Bible that talks about they were guided by a pillar of cloud and during the night, they were guided by a pillar of fire. What a life to experience. No escom that time. <laughs> there was light throughout. It seems like, wow, life was, so, was going well for them. But the moment of truth came. As they were traveling the road, just immediately now, in front of them, there was a Red Sea. When they look back, this is a desert. When they look this side, we don't have a place to go. Because, brothers and sisters, sometimes life can be like that. Sometimes in life you can cruise. Have you ever put your car in cruise control? You just cruise. Everything is so nice. Everything is just working for you. Nothing works against you. You feel like, wow, my children are responding. My finances are good. My health is well. I'm running 21 Ks. Everything is happening so well for me. But all of a sudden now, it's like, voila. Something just happens. Just like these guys, all of a sudden they were singing la 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 la. Red Sea is in front of them. What do you do? What do you do? And then remember who allowed them to take that route. It was God. And then God now had to pull them there. And then as they were going in, problems started. The problem started. And then God has to say to them, in chapter 1, in verse 1 of chapter 14, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi Hareroth. 
between Migdol and the sea. These guys now, God is telling them one thing, which is point number one. Stay back. Camp back. So they were ready. As people, we always have plans. As people, we always derive plans on how to overcome things. But God has to say to them, stand. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. They were in a rush. He says, no, don't move. Just camp here. I want to show you something. In front of you, there is Red Sea. Camp here. And then I asked myself, why God said they must camp there? God wanted them to face their problem. What was their problem at that time? It was the Red Sea. Red Sea was their problem. God said, you must camp here. I want you to sleep here. So that when you wake up tomorrow, you will face what? Your Red Sea. And sleep again. When you wake up tomorrow, face up your Red Sea. I won't let you cross the Red Sea up until you face it. Stay here. Face your Red Sea. Many of us, we don't want to face our Red Seas. We don't want to face challenges. We don't want to face our obstacles. We all, all of us who are here, we have our Red Seas. Maybe you're sitting here right today, you, are, you have to cross your Red Sea tonight. Maybe your financial situation is your Red Sea. You have to face it. There is no way to run away from it. Face it. Maybe your Red Sea is loneliness. You feel lonely. That's your Red Sea. You've got to face it. Maybe right now you're facing some difficult situations that are known by you and your spouse in your marriage. That's your Red Sea. You've got to face it. Don't see others happy. They will still face their own Red Seas. Face your Red Sea. Maybe right now your health is your Red Sea. You have tried all possible things that you could do. You have gone to specialists. You have gone to people that are said to be good in the country. But God just wants you to face your challenge, which is your health. That's your Red Sea. Maybe your working environment, the working conditions that you are under, it's your Red Sea. Somehow, you've got to face it. I'm telling you one thing. God won't let you pass your Red Sea without facing it. Every day, you've got to face it. Why? God says, I want this to happen for my glory. I want this to happen for my glory. We have experienced a lot of things. We have experienced a lot of things. Now God said to them, move back, move back. As they moved back, they camped there. As if their problems were over. No, it was not. 
Them facing the Red Sea, it was just a start. As they were sitting there camping, they just saw the horses, chariots, because the Bible talks about Pharaoh had turned his mind. He has changed his mind to say, Kubo, let's face them again. I did a mistake by letting them go. Let's face them. Let's chase them. Now the Israelites are caught in between right now. There is Pharaoh's army coming. In front of them is the Red Sea. There is no way to go now. As there is no way to go now, a chaos starts in the camp. A chaos starts in the camp. Like ordinary people, as people when we are in, in a corner, as people when we are in a corner, a chaos starts. Now chaos starts. They go to Moses, the one who was their hero, and he said, Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have allowed us to come and to die in this desert? It was better way in Egypt than to die here. That's pressure now. Huh? When life gives pressures in us, we tend to look for somebody to blame. And then at this moment, there was no one to be blamed except who? Except Moses. He had to receive now what? The blows from people that were just singing, you are a hero. Moses, you are great. It's nice. But they are, they are even ready to stone this guy now. That's what happens sometimes. When, when, when we see that we, want, we are not able to face a Red Sea in front of us, and there are more challenges coming behind us, we tend to blame situations. We even go to an extent of blaming the people that we love. We even go to, to, to an extent to say, it is because of you that you are in this situation today. You are such a spender in this family. I will be free, I will be in Mauritius by this time. But you are such a spender. It is because of you that we hardly get through the month in this family. It is because of you. Our children have, have turned to be what they are today because of your parenting. You are permissive in your parenting. We get to fight because we, we, we can't face situations that are in our midst. This happened that way. But now, the Egyptians are coming. As they were coming, one instruction from God, God now, he says to Moses, say to the people, they must move forward. Do you see? Only two instructions from God. Yeah? Move back. Moving back, don't rush, don't rush. Let me do what I do best. Don't rush. When you decide to take things on your own hands, you mess up. Don't rush, don't rush, don't rush. And as they thought now, we're not going anywhere. God said, no, no, move on. Move forward. 
Only two instructions. Move forward. You will see the deliverance of who? Of God. And the moment what? They move forward. He asked Moses. He says, Moses, come here. Stand in front of the people. What is in your hand is the staff. You must lift up what? This staff. Point it through the sea. And see what will happen. And then something that has never happened before, a miracle happened because the sea opened. And they were able to walk in. Why was that? Why that happened? It's because what? God wanted them to trust him completely. He wanted them not to doubt him at all. He is the God who created everything. When we have plan B's sometimes, God don't get to be in the picture. He allows you to do what you do best. And you fail, obviously. But when you trust him completely, God gets to open doors. He gets to do miracles that have not happened before. You must tell the people to move forward. Moving forward it simply means that you are turning your back against the enemy. Simple meaning that when you are turning your back against the enemy, you are saying, God, watch over me. Take care of this battle. God is telling them now, move forward. I will take care of this battle. This is my battle. This is not your battle. I am doing all what I'm doing in your life for my glory. You might think you are going through a lot of stuff today. There are challenges that we all go through today. I have shared, I have asked prayers to you. Please pray for my sister. She has not been well, and then a lot has happened. And then through prayers, I'm grateful. Uh, my sister got to recover. She was discharged, and then she's back home. Amen. And then we, we are still praying for her full recovery. We are just praying to book her to another facility where she would be able to be held to fully recover. But the lesson that I've learned over there was to trust God completely. I am a man of plans. Maybe you can see me. I'm a man of plans. I don't want to be cornered. In everything that I do, I always want a plan B. I always want a plan B. But this time... I ran short of plan B's or whatever. When I went down to Eastern Cape and then I saw my sister lying there, she was hopeless, helpless in that bed. And then I told my wife, with my little faith, I said, let's go and check, let's go and update our things at, uh, at Afbob and everything, just to see. <laughs> Have you ever been in that situation? I said, let's go to Afbob and Old Mutual to see if the, the date of birth is correct and then all that. Because I had lost so much faith when I saw lying there. So the only thing that I could do is to go back and just pray. Please, God. I don't know what to do right now. She has best doctors. People that could help her. But so hopeless. 
but trust in God. Get the rewards. I pray that today, in every situation that we are in, we will trust God. We will trust God. We will trust God. I pray that in the situation of your health or whatever, you will trust God. That God will come true for you. In your finances, you will trust God. In your job hunting, you will trust God. In your loss and in your grieving, you will trust God that God is the only one that will be able to take through that. I pray that even now, next year, your child is on matric, you don't know next year. The schools will be open, you don't know where she is going, you don't have finances and everything. But I will say to you, it's the time to trust God. It's the time to be obedient to His will and to what He wants. God has never been defeated. God has been a God of miracles. At some stage in the book of Ezekiel, God allowed 30,000 soldiers to die. And he allowed their bodies to decay. He allowed their bones to get dry. At the end, he called one man, Ezekiel, he said, prophesied on these bones to become flesh. And they became flesh. God is the God who holds his promises when we trust him. At some stage, the sisters, they went to Jesus to say, our brother Lazarus is dead, not this one. Not this Lazarus. Our brother Lazarus is dead. <laughs> and then Jesus didn't respond. He delayed for about three or more days. And then when he went there to his grave, he just only said, Lazarus, come out. And then Lazarus came out. There is no situation that we are faced with that supersedes God. Everything, it happens for his glory. He allowed them to go through the desert road. He allowed them to go through this long road. He allowed them to be cornered by Pharaoh. He allowed them to face the Red Sea. At the end, he only said, this is for my glory. I want to say today that the movie that you are in, don't want, don't, don't mind pigeons, I'm preaching here. So, the movie, <laughs> your life, your life is just like a movie. It is directed by God. The main character here is God. You are just cast in this scene. Don't ever think we're staring. I'm going. And he's staring wants everything for his glory. And the only thing that we must do, we must be submissive to him. If he says move back, stand, move back and stand. If he says move forward, move forward. By doing that, you will see the miracles of God. To God be the glory, amen.